I don't claim cleverness in making the episode that's coming up, which has a little bit of fun, doubting, not discounting, but doubting uh, the reports I get in across my desk of people experiencing magic. Yeah? I don't claim cleverness about having being able to m- make such an episode or even being able to string a sentence together at the moment by the sound of it. Uh, I've been taught how to doubt. I'm socially constructed in this way of thinking. I'm a parrot. I'm nothing but a parrot. In everything I say in this podcast, I doubt that I've had an original idea in my life. Way back at the start of this podcast, I ran a series, a mini-series called A Parrot Squawking. And I'm pretty sure I haven't stopped squawking yet. Right outside my shed, as I sit here in my shed office, in isolation and quarantine, uh, is a scaffold. Well, it's actually a basket swing, but we've taken the basket off. And now it's just a scaffold. It's uh, two vertical poles and a long horizontal pole in between them uh, and two hooks, big hooks. Uh, has to be able to, th- those hooks have to be able to hold a basket onto which you throw four or five children. Now, but the point is, it's triggering. <laughs> uh, okay, it looks like a scaffold. Now, as I look at it, or as I looked at it a few minutes, as I looked at it a few minutes ago, I thought. Uh, I remember seeing things like that when I went to Ireland. Um, yeah, overhanging sort of th- spots uh, where the English had hung you know, Irish rebels and that sort of thing you know, down south in Cork. Um, and you know, I have knowledge of that image that image of men hanging in cork uh, because i went there and i saw the overhanging sort of bridge uh, it was it's a kind of an archway that they they used to hang people off priests and other people who were being rebels at one stage yeah 1916 and all that sort of stuff all right now michael collins yeah. um now the interesting thing is you know the, now this is um, I'm having a flashback now, you know, essentially and effectively by looking at this scaffolding outside my shed door and, you know, and, and then thinking about the image that I conjured up in my mind as I stood there in Cork quite a few years ago, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, uh, actually it was 20, uh, of yeah, Irishmen hanging yeah um so i can picture those irishmen hanging right there on this scaffold out here now i mention all of this not for matters gruesome but it gives me an idea for another episode
No, the idea is for the episodes never stop. Please, please, please stop. <laughs> That's the telegram that most people would want to send to me. The last stop is just the stop that you have to put at the end of a telegram. You know, stop. And please, please, please stop. Okay. Um, now, people have, you know, um, people extend that idea, I feel. I could um, sit back now and imagine to myself that I'm actually having a flashback to some, you know, a lot of my my ancestors came from Ireland. Okay, now I could sit here and conjure up in my mind an honest memory of one of my ancestors being hung if I felt like it. You know, I could be suddenly struck by the image of one of my own ancestors in times gone well before that, you know, maybe 300 years ago, you know, and I could say, oh, I just had this image come into my mind of my own, an- of a, you know, because it, it is possible that that did happen, you know, but I, I could say, um, I just had a flashback or an image came into my head of, you know, Firstly, that the possibility, the po- the possibility of one of my ancestors having been hung, hanged like that, you know, did enter my mind. There's nothing illegitimate illegitimate about that. There's nothing illegitimate about that. Okay, so the uh, you know, looking at that scaffold outside my shed door, and then connecting that to that you know that archway that I saw in Cork that day twenty years ago. Um, you know, all of that you know, now puts the image of the possibility, you know, the possibility of one of my ancestors having been hanged like that. Yeah, I had English ancestors too. Maybe one of them did the hanging, you know. Okay. Now, I could easily misinterpret you know, that idea that formed in my mind that it you know, the possibility of an ancestor having uh, been hanged. You know, it was a very distinct possibility. You know, maybe a 0.1% chance, but that's distinct enough. Um, I could, you know, I had a lot of ancestors. Thousands. Do you know how to play exponentials? Thousands. One of them would have been hanged. Right. Now, um, I could easily be certain... Uh, you know, once after having formed that image in my mind of an ancestor having been hanged, having been hanged uh, 300 years ago, uh, I could easily misinterpret that as a flashback. And, you know, like if it was a movie, uh, I'd get a shocked look on my face and boom, you know what I mean? There'd be a flash of light in, in the back of my eyes. Oh, oh my God. And goosebumps up, you know, and there would be genuine goosebumps on my arms as I had this distinct uh, feeling of having been hanged myself, in a sense. Yeah, and, uh, you know, is that the way that flashbacks work? Yeah, you probably can't discount it. 
I mean, a cup of tea, by the way. How very Irish. How very English. Now, um, now I would call that knowledge-assisted uh, memory. Yeah. People say they remember details of their ancestors. Um, but I, I think that's knowledge-assisted memories. They can't have those memories unless in their own time they have learned what a scaffold is for a start, what hanging is, what people are, what in fact an ancestor is. It's a whole lot of information that you have to learn about, right, in the current time to form a flashback. You can't have a flashback about an ancestor having been having been hanged on a scaffold. If you don't know what a scaffold is and you don't know what hanging is, and that's what I can. That's my contention, anyway. Now, if you say oh, I had a flashback of, you know, my grandfather um, being in the war, you know, my great grandfather being in the war. Oh my God! I was just struck by an image of my great grandfather in the trenches. Now, now there are people that go around saying things like that, you know. Oh, my son did, or my daughter did, you know. Oh my God! It's so freaky. I'd really like to ask some questions. Who told you your son even knew what a soldier was or is and what a war is and what a trench is and all that sort of stuff and what a great-grandfather is? What indeed a great-grandfather even is? You know, so I think you know, the idea of a genuine flashback in that sense you know, is a little bit too assisted for my liking, it's a little polluted. You know? um, it's you know something like that. Uh, there are other ways people think on this level. Oh yes, I knew someone who um, had this feeling. Um, well, someone had a baby, and this person I was speaking to was struck. Oh my God! I had a vision of her having a baby. I knew she was going to have that baby. Oh my God, I'm a prophet S. Yeah, prophet. I'm a prophet. Oh, far out. I've got goosebumps going up and down my arms. I knew that. Yeah. I had a vision of that. But now I'll, I'm, my feeling is that vision is not entirely of a spiritual nature. Um, in fact, my bet is it's not at all, you know, because the person who had that oh, distinct feeling that her friend was going to be pregnant, uh, that was about to become pregnant, you know, there was so much information being that, that um, you know, the jigsaw puzzle that made up that thought was made up of real inputs, you know. Um, she has been, she's uh, been taught that idea she had to she had to know that it was a it's women that have babies for a start um also feeding into her idea was the fact that her friend you know, did have a partner so she had to know how sex worked you know she had to know what a baby is um she had to know that uh you have to be a certain age to be childbearing you know she had, these are very distinct inputs from the real world um, what she's done, and you could go on and on, you know, you have to know what 
um, you'd, you'd have to know the gestation period of a human compared to, you know, uh, other kind of species, you know. She, she, had to, she had to know that you don't show for a while, you know. Well, otherwise she wouldn't, you know, if, if she didn't know anything about pregnancy, she might think you've got a basketball in the middle of your tummy out the front from day one and all that sort of stuff, you know. Um, she knew a whole lot of inputs went into that thought and she's discounting all those inputs and saying, no, no, I had a, a kind of a, a spiritual sensation that my friend was pregnant and, and then she rang me and told me she was pregnant. Oh, my God, that was straight out of my intuition. But no, it wasn't intuition-driven. Uh, you know, I, if I really got into it, there'd be about 15 things she had to have been taught about the circumstances surrounding, you know, the idea of getting pregnant. She probably even knew that her friend was trying, if you know what I mean. And all that stuff. It's huge, you know. And I'd call that uh, knowledge-driven intuition. Yeah, it's not even... And if if... The amount of knowledge that has to go into an intuition is extreme enough that it's not even intuition, really, is it? It's just joining the dots, you know, playing the odds. You know, like a lot of prophets, well, all you're doing there is looking at all the inputs and working out what's likely to happen. You know, people say, oh, my God. You know, because even with this coronavirus that's around at the moment, you know, People will have reached back and they say, oh my God, we have found one person on the planet or two people on the planet who predicted a virus would arise from Wuhan province in China. Oh my God. But no. Yeah, there was people, these were in novels, you know, or in hocus pocus, you know, predicting things, you know. Um, but there are people predicting all sorts of stuff. Every possibility has been predicted of all sorts of things such as did happen. So, look, there would have been someone in the world who predicted a, uh, a virus was going to spring up in Shanghai, uh, uh, and another person who predicted it would spring up, a virus would spring up in 2020, you know, in, what, Botswana, and another one who would have predicted 2019 in Botswana, and another person in 2021 in Botswana. Every, there'd be a novel for every situation, or, you know, some uh, new age sort of um, say, uh, oracle uh, predicting just about everything mm -hmm. everything is predicted and then what you do is once the thing once something does blow up like a coronavirus uh, you go back and you find the person who did that prediction and you go oh my goodness and you put it up on Facebook and put a circle around the quote and you say this is freaky yeah. but that's the same level of freakiness as Winning Tats Lotto, for example, you know, you've got next to no chance of winning Tats Lotto, but someone does every week, just about. Yeah, so what you do is, you know, you know someone's going to predict, someone's going to win Tats Lotto, so what you do is you wait till someone does, and, yeah, and then all the family and friends of that person says, oh my God, the hand of God. Yeah, that is so unlikely. But it wasn't unlikely at all. Someone was going to win it. That sort of thinking, you know. So this is knowledge-assisted intuition, I think, and um, 
And I, I think the intuition part of that phrase, knowledge, um, assisted intuition, uh, gets knocked out by the knowledge bit. So it's just knowledge, you know. It's, um, it's, it's just making predictions like Ladbrokes does. You know, when Ladbrokes is setting the odds, you know, the betting agency. All right, they're profits too, you see, in exactly the same way, and, prob- and probably they're better at it. You know, Ladbrokes are already taking bets on when the Queen's going to die, that sort of thing. I don't know if they're taking bets on that, but they're taking bets on stuff like that. And, you know, the, some people lay a $2,000 bet on the Queen dying on the 6th of January, 2025, you know what I mean? And then, you know, that actually happens, and people say that that, that person there is a prophet. Now, going back to the first example, you know, me having a sudden flashback of an ancestor, um, uh, having been hanged on a scaffold, well, no, you know, no more so, you know, because that's knowledge-assisted flashback. In, in, in other words, not a flashback at all, it's just me piecing together current knowledge and calling it a flashback in my own mind and actually having the sensation, the actual emotional reaction that goosebumps on my arm, it's amazing. We're a funny lot. You know, but that's no more freaky um, than... Um, that's, that's, no, that's not really any different to those other examples I said, all of which took a lot of knowledge. You know, a lot of knowledge went into them. Um, you know, for example, that's no... That's no more amazing in a way. It's no more um, uh, magic than this person who predicted, I think it was Stephen King or one of those sorts of people, uh, that a virus would um, spring up in Wuhan province in 2020, you know. Uh, for him to predict that, he had to know a hell of a lot about a viruses. He had to know where Wuhan is. I'm just talking... Wuhan is, he had to know a heap of stuff. I couldn't know. You get what I'm getting at. I bet there is another type of intuition which has no basis in knowledge at all. It's that indistinct shudder that you might get sometimes and you can't pin it on anything and you can't put words to it and all that sort of stuff. You know, in saying that, I'm not saying that all that stuff doesn't exist. Intuition, you know, mem- remembering things that, you know, your great-great-grandfather did in the war even though you weren't there. I'm not saying that stuff doesn't exist. Uh, you know, I was just throwing up that whole idea for the fun of it. Well, actually, to um, so that at, at least you know, uh, to claim that not every time people uh, say that they had some sort of prophet-like intuition. That they did. You know, just because someone claims they predicted something, that doesn't mean they necessarily did anything more than what Ladbrokes tends to do in just reading, you know, just observing uh, a whole lot of pieces in a jigsaw puzzle, 
you know, all the things going around oneself, you know, like if it was this coronavirus, for example, you know, observing that um, population worldwide was getting out of control, people were eating animals, you know, and living in too much close proximity to animals, and people were uh, doing um, dodgy experiments with uh, viruses and all this sort of stuff, you know, and people were secretly, you know, even engaging in biological warfare, you know, secretly, you know. We know that happens and all that sort of thing, you know, and you put all that stuff together, you know, and and especially the bit about, you know, the population. And also, um, you know, the fact that we've had pandemics before, plenty of pandemics before, and in fact we've had a couple of pandemics, we've had a couple of epidemics or pandemics, you know, SARS and MERS, that are actually more or less identical to the current one. So what happens is all that stuff is feeding in, you know, and then you make a prediction that, um, that you know, a new coronavirus is going to, going to pop out of China, you know, and specifically from Wuhan. Yeah, that one, if someone predicts that, that's not necessarily, you know, there's nothing intuition going, there's no intuition going on there. That's just someone um, calculating the odds of something like that happening and then writing it into a novel, you know, and, and, and coming up with the answer that, you know, there's a 1% well, there's a 0.1% chance of that. All right, I'll write, I'll build a novel around that. Yeah, that's not intuition. Yeah. So all I'm saying is, I'm not saying that intuition doesn't happen, um, or you know, sort of magic style, knowing what's going, what's happening on the other side of a hill, you know, and 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 you're getting it right over and over and over, like a Delphic Oracle of some sort. Look, if if you can do that, if you can predict that sort of stuff, please, please tell me my Tesla numbers for next year, next week, and why haven't you won Tesla either? <laughs> yeah, this is, see, this is why I worry about. Um, Oracles, but anyway, um, I'm not ruling it out. You can't rule it out. All you can do is um, very much doubt. Pretty much every claim ever. You know, when someone says, um, I remember something that happened in my ancestry. You know, I've had, I've existed in another life and all that sort of stuff. And every time someone, you know, predicts something that actually comes to pass, you know, you can just say, oh, yeah, all right, I'm absolutely not doubting that you believe that, but I don't. You know, you can say that. Say that. You know, you can just say, all right, just, just give me the test lot of numbers for next week, please. Just give them to me, you know, let's stop beating around the bush. That's all I'm saying. I'm not ruling it out. I'm just saying, just reserving my right to call bullshit, you know. But... I'm not saying you don't have to believe in it. You know, if you firmly believe in it, you know, swoon. Swoon in the um, in the goosebumpy aura of, you know, the sensation of having had a magic experience. Good on you. No problem with that. Just don't ask me to believe it, that's all. <laughs>